Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, talking to Dorm Dorm Tomian. <laughs> so, so, sorry about that. To say. <laughs> Obviously, it wasn't. Hey, there you go. You know, uh, I'm sorry about that. That happens. I understand. Drzymski is on the door, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Tom Dorian. Yes, sir. Sidekick and wingman. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for having me. That wasn't planned. It's not written on my show notes to no. mispronounce your name. No, that was good. I mean, like. You're like my best friend in the world. Awesome. And Thank I just you. called you something else. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I that's mean, okay. I've been called worse. Maybe that's why you're my friend, because you forgive me for my I- idiot That's stuff. what friends do, right? Yeah. Thank you so much for, for, for doing that. And thank you for so much for being here. And thank you thank all you. for listening to Tom and I talk to about... this nonsense. S- yes, exactly. <laughs> and off... You know, so let's now... Um, let's get to salt and light. Wh- wow. What a great uh, What a idea. segue. <laughs> Nice segue. Let's just jump in, man. So, salt and light. Love it. And you're thinking, why are we talking about salt and light? Where did that come from? I'll I'll tell you why we're talking about that. Come on, host boy. You know, I know we've said a couple times on here, Tom, when we're talking about, you know, we're ordinary guys in a lot of respects. You know, you're extraordinary in many ways, but we're (laughs) all really just like regular guys when it comes to a lot of this stuff, you know? And uh, I think about the number of times, tell me you've done this so I don't feel like I'm all alone on the planet, but you're, you're sitting at Mass there with the family you got everybody together it was a kind of a major mush to get them all there oh, yeah. you know it's good, it can be that way on sundays and you're sitting there and as you uh, are sitting there you suddenly start talking about that lady's hat who's sitting in front of you or you start thinking about it distractions right? yeah and you start thinking about like you know super bowl sunday or what teams are playing and then you start thinking about you know i could really go for uh, uh, an omelet right now and you start thinking those thoughts now I, I don't know if that's the devil or just the fact that we're just being a little careless with our thought and maybe not focused on mass and we've had shows about how to, get, how to get well it could be a little bit of that but but I, I i think sometimes especially when we hear the word proclaimed we we hear the gospel reading especially but but all of the readings we tend to kind of tune out easy to do yeah and so i think sometimes uh, it's a good thing to say hey uh, and usually on the top of our list of how to get the most out of Mass is... Confession. Yeah, it is always on the top of our list. <laughs> Everything, top of every list we have is that's confession. A, that's a knee-jerk reaction. Exactly, and that's a great knee-jerk reaction, yeah. right? It's better than punching someone. That's true. Go to confession, right? <laughs> that's true. Uh, and, but when we're trying to get the most out of Mass, sometimes we want to look at the readings ahead of time. Right, prepare. Right, so salt and light. That's what. So we're we're at the beginning of uh, Jesus's ministry. Mm-hmm. We we last week we heard um, the the Beatitudes, which is right. the beginning of the famous Sermon on the Mount. Right. And so the, for the next next several weeks, we're going to hear from the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to hear one piece after another. Mm-hmm. Right. So sometimes they seem like sort of like out of the blue. Like why is he all of a sudden talking about salt and light? Right. But you'll see them happening in the context of this long, beautiful sermon that Jesus preaches, mm-hmm. right, where he lays out a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's important for us to understand that context. But at the same time, salt and light still seems to come out of nowhere because we're blessed are these, blessed are those, blessed is that, blessed is that. And you are the salt of the earth. Right. And you are the light of the world. 
it's like those still seem to come out of left field. Yeah. And so sometimes we tend to just tune that stuff out. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about this particular reading. We're talking about Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. And I uh, just want to want to read through that real quick. And uh, it starts, you know, Jesus says to his disciples, and in and, and verse 13, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Oh, by the way, maybe that's why I'm thinking about food. Because <laughs> an omelet with like salt and pepper. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That does sound good. But then he goes on with verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. It is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house. Just so your light must shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly father. Right. And so that's important. Now, I will say this. When things kind of wash over, so we kind of hear the reading start to come to an end, we kind of start to tune back in. Right. Right. And so we hear the light of the world, and we sort of like latch onto that and go, okay, I understand that concept. Mm -hmm. I understand what it means to be the light of the world. Mm -hmm. Jesus is paying us a great compliment. He is. To say that we are the light of the world. Because he had actually said that he himself. The light of the world. Yeah. I am the light of the world. And it's like, well, now he's calling us the light of the world. That means that if we've got Jesus in us. We, we are like him. Or we, right, are him. We, we become uh, his missionaries. We become his hands, his, his feet, his, his voice, his heart to the world that we encounter. And that we take that light with us. And we can kind of, we can attach ourselves to that. But we skip over that first part. The salt. Yeah. In fact, I, I remember if you were saying like a. Yeah, that uh, that 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 guy's got some salty language or salty right. attitude. You think, well, that's not necessarily a compliment. No, it's not. Well, and I think that comes from like cussing like a sailor or something. Right. Sea salt, and we see that connection. Right. But that's not what Jesus meant. No, obviously. But I think it's important that maybe we stop and talk about what it means to be the salt of the earth. Because obviously when you say something to somebody, when, you, when, you, when you're talking about somebody, if I were to say, you know, I'm talking to my friends and I'm, I'm talking about Tom Doran, that man is the salt of the earth. Right? What a compliment. It yeah. is a compliment, yeah. but you're probably going like, well, what does that mean, though? Right. Well, why, why, why would he say that? And why is that a good thing to be the salt of the earth? Right. And so that's what I want to kind of focus a little bit on uh, as, as we're talking so that we can make perfect sense of being the light of the world. Right. So when Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, mm-hmm. it, you know, there's an image that he's using. So mm-hmm. think about the times, right? The Romans are kind of running around, kind of running things. Mm-hmm. And, and all of the, the times, you know, 2000 years ago and how they viewed what they, what, when someone said salt, the image that, that came into your mind mm-hmm. and, and what salt was used for, uh, what salt did, what it looked like. Mm-hmm. And you start to realize that Jesus was saying something very particular about the people who followed him. So Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount is addressing his disciples. Right. Essentially to say, if you are a Christian, right, then you need to be like this. Mm-hmm. Right. The sorrowful, the, those who mourn. Essentially, this is how you live your life. Mm-hmm. And so when he says, you are the salt of the earth, he's going to say, essentially, if you are going to live a Christian life, then you need to be salt. Mm -hmm. So 
What is it? What is salt? Right. Well, we know what salt is. We know we use salt all the time. But there's a couple of really interesting connections that instantly come to mind and would have come to mind to his disciples who were listening. The Romans... Would have come to mind immediately for them. Oh, yeah. What image like he just called us salt. They'd have been, wow. Right. Because well, So, so for, first off, uh, just, just the Romans, the people of that time, mm-hmm. right? And, of course, the Israelites, they would have seen... Um, they would have seen salt as like something pure, mm-hmm. right? And so you see this big gleaming pile of salt. Well, it's white, and there's a sense of purity, right? And I would imagine that uh, really wealthy people had some really good salt that didn't have a lot of impurities in there, didn't have a lot of dirt and other whatever stuff mixed in. And it, and so that... Uh, uh, crystal white. Right, and just so beautiful and, and pure, but the Romans actually had this sort of view of salt as it was like the the purest substance of all. It was the purest thing of all because it came from the purest things of all. Like it came from the sun mm-hmm. and it came from the sea, mm-hmm. which were these big, vast things of nature and of power. Uh, it was like it was like a pure force. And so salt came forth from the sun drying out the sea and the salt beds. And this is where they would... They would get the salt, and so it was. It had a, a sense of purity. So these people, I mean, in, in fact, they would use salt was like a gift to the gods. It was like a money too, wasn't it? Oh yeah, you could use salt. It was. It was certainly something that was uh, used uh, as currency. Right. And 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 certainly, if uh, a, a ship went down, mm-hmm. that was loaded with salt, it was a problem, yeah. right? If they're hauling the salt off somewhere, uh, because it was a commodity. Right. And so. Yeah, it, it had great value, uh, and and this purity, right? The, the the pure salt was something that was was highly valued. Well, so if Jesus is calling us to be salt, then he's calling us to be pure. Right. And so you see Jesus saying, "You are called to be pure. If you if you're to be my disciples, if you're going to follow me, right? If you're going to be a Christian, you've got to exhume or exude rather." Purity, right? You've got to be the the pureness that 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 comes into a situation, mm-hmm. right? We know that a lot of times we we step into situations when we move into places where it's harder to be pure, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes that can be a bad effect on us, but sometimes we can have a positive effect on others. That's true, right? And so if if we live a life of purity, if we if we if we strenuously try to attain purity in our life. It has an effect. Which, by the way, if we're, you know, when we fall all the time, where do we go? We talk go about all confession. the time. Go to confession. You know, and so if we, if we, are, purity. If we are always or trying to regain, maintain, and live in purity, then we will have like a, a purifying effect. Not us so much, but the Lord through us. Exactly. Right. His glory, his mercy, his love, his purity. Right. Sort of pours out of us. Right. And, and and that's something that we always should strive for. So Jesus is saying, if you if you want to be a Christian, you got to be pure. Mm-hmm. You got to live a pure life. You've got to try and attain purity in all things. Right. And we live in a culture right now that struggles with purity. They need a big dose of, dose of salt. Yeah, we need to we need to be salty here. You know, big time. not salty language, but to, but in the sense of purity mm-hmm. uh, to understand that. Uh, the things that are trying to destroy the family, all the all the pressures on families, on on men in particular, right? Things like pornography, uh, contraception, um, things like abortion. All, all these things are designed to tear apart families. They're designed to give um, 
this worldly culture to to overcome, mm-hmm. right? And it ends up being it ends up being impurity, mm-hmm. right? And so we have to live in that culture in purity, which we then make that culture more pure if we live that pure life. Amen. So that's that's certainly something we're called to do. And now there's more. I hope so. Right. So if you want to truly understand what it is to be salt. Come back. You got to come back. Got to take a break first. Right. And so we're going to hear from my lovely wife. Can't wait. She's right? the best part of the show. I know. She's talking about <laughs> Francis Xavier, St. Francis Xavier. What a great saint. Uh, but also, I want to remind folks we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. And I'd love to hear from you. Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. I say that all the time. I love your emails. They're great. I don't get to get back with every single person because people ask these a lot of questions. But I want to use your email on the air. Write me an email. Yeah. Ask me a simple question. Tell me about your life. And uh, and I would love to uh, talk about it here on, on the air. We so have done quite a few show. shows with that. I know, and it's awesome. And, they, and they are awesome. That Which stimulates other more emails. So I'd love to hear from you. So send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And if you, wanna, if you truly want to be salt, you're going to have to come back right after this. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Have you ever felt the tug to leave everything behind and become a missionary to a distant land? One man named St. Francis Xavier did just that. He gave his life over and followed the call to bring Christ's love to those who had never experienced it before. Francis Xavier was born into a wealthy and educated family in Spain. The promise of worldly success was laid before him. But he felt that tug to leave the comfort of his home to fulfill the gospel's call to go and make disciples of all nations. While studying at the University of Paris, Francis met St. Ignatius of Loyola, the founder of the Society of Jesus, and the two decided that Francis should be ordained a priest in the order. After many years of prayer and work in Europe, Francis was sent to the East Indies to bring the good news to those who had never known Christ. Francis traveled halfway across the globe to Goa, India, where he began to lay the foundation for the church's mission there. For the first few months, he ministered to the poor and the sick in the local hospitals. He later started instructional schools where the street children heard the teachings of the Catholic faith. From India, Francis traveled to Japan, where he again preached the gospel and baptized thousands of souls. Pope Benedict XVI said of St. Francis Xavier and St. Ignatius, A unique desire, a unique passion it could be said, moved and sustained them through different human events. The passion to give to God a glory always greater and to work for the proclamation of the gospel of Christ to the peoples who had been ignored. In the short span of ten years, Francis Xavier brought thousands into the arms of the church Through his simple ways and zeal for the gospel, he was able to spread the message of Christ's love to a part of the world barely aware of the Savior's promises. St. Francis Xavier once wrote, Many, many people hereabouts are not becoming Christians for one reason only. There is nobody there to make them Christians. His words apply to our own times as well. We may not be able to travel to distant lands, 
but we can all share in St. Francis's missionary spirit by spreading the truth of Christ in our families, on our college campuses, and in our communities. St. Francis Xavier's Feast Day is celebrated by the Church on December 3rd. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this has been another great moment in Church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting here with Dorm Tomian. <laughs> That's your your new name, Dorm Tomian. And uh, we're we're uh, we're talking about salt and light. That was funny. <laughs> you didn't see that coming, did you? I didn't. That was really. We're well talking played. about salt and light. We're talking about Matthew's Gospel, purity, chapter five. Verses thirteen through sixteen, right after the Beatitudes, it's the it's the Sermon on the Mount, and we're just going. We're going to start going down the Sermon on the Mount and hearing all this important stuff about what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. What's cool too about the salt? I interrupted you. I'm sorry. That's fine. That's good. Was, um, I just want to let people on, know where we were. He was also telling them how much he valued them, how valuable they were. I mean, what that is a be unbelievable compliment. Right. He was paying us this great yeah compliment. It's a big deal. Yeah. It's like wow. They puffed up, I bet. You know, I like, bet hey, you they were excited about, about that. We I are bet they salt. were excited. About well, you know, there's some people that I think can get this attitude that we are in our fallen nature, that we are, um, uh, we we are we are not valued, right? That we're 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 dismal, we're broken, we're wretched, you know. And I understand those words and I understand that mentality, but you can get lost in that sometimes. Oh, feel. and I'm, I'm sure in that world too. That's probably the way they were portrayed. Maybe you know. Think about it. I just know that from a you know a theological standpoint, there are certain people that think that we are you know dung covered by snow, and you think right. about oh, that, yeah. that kind yeah. of thing, and you, and you think, well, Jesus says we're the salt of the earth, right? And we're and, good, and, there were, and we're the light of the world. Yeah, and God, when He created, we're good. We're good, very good. And it's like I, I, I know we're fallen, right? And this goes no to doubt. all that. But to see value and that Jesus would look at us to look deal. out there and see this this great value before him it just talks about our human dignity about how much he loves each and every one of us even in our sinfulness he loves us mm-hmm. and calls us to be pure mm-hmm. right so we're talking about these attributes of salt so that when we hear this this gospel proclaimed and we hear the preaching which i just guess the vast majority of people would if you're hearing a homily this coming weekend it's going to mention the super bowl and it's going to mention uh, you know, the light of the world. Yeah. And not always talking about the salt. Who right. knows? Maybe people will hear this and go, by golly, I'm going to prove Deacon Jeff wrong. And I'm going to preach on the salt of the earth. Well, great. <laughs> this will be a test. It, it will be a test. We'll see. Yeah. Let me know what your, uh, what your pastor preached but on. When you, regardless, when you hear salt, you need to perk up. That's a, yeah. good, that's a good thing. Exactly. Wake up, listen, and understand go. what Jesus is saying. So Jesus is, is calling us to be pure. Pure. Right. Another thing about salt that's important is, mm-hmm. Salt is used even still to this day mm-hmm. to do what? With preserve. Meat. Preserve. Yeah. Right? In the, in the old days especially, they knew that salt was used to preserve. Um, uh, it essentially kept meat from going bad. Yeah, they didn't have refrigeration back then, did they? No. So you would have this situation where you would start, you'd put the, the, the ham or whatever, and you'd coat it in salt, and salt would keep it from going bad. Right. It preserved. Mm-hmm the meat from decay. Mm-hmm. And so if you look at the meat as the flesh and Jesus is looking at us and seeing lots of flesh mm-hmm. that he created, this beautiful gift 
right, of, of our, you know, the, the fact that he, we were created by God lovingly and that we would fall into sin and that, that the salt of the earth, the salt would preserve us. So if, if we're pure, right, that we should also, if we're Christians, if we're going to follow Jesus, we need to be essentially preserving people from corruption, not in our own authority in our own selves, but essentially using his authority and his presence in us to preserve, to affect the environment that we're in, mm-hmm. right? Not just to, to talk to people about what it means to be pure, not to just to live pure. That's important, but also to have an effect on the culture, to have an effect on, on the environments in which we engage so that we are essentially like a, a cleansing antiseptic mm. in society. I that, like that. that. That's our Christianity when lived out essentially affects the culture. I mean, how many times, I like that. T- Tom, I know you've experienced this because I have, growing up, we were in college. Remember the times we'd be in just the wrong place at the wrong time? Never. We No. Okay, you didn't. I was I'd, never in the wrong place. All right, Tom time. is the only person who ever went to college who never did that. But yeah. I found myself in, <laughs> I know you're laughing and joking. Uh, face for radio, Tom is over here going like, I'm lying. Got a big grin. Yeah, the, the reality is we find ourselves no, I know what you're in the near occasion of sin yep. so often. Well, even now, but back then more so. So it's hard to be good when you're surrounded by sin, right? It is. It, the environment can have an effect on us. It can. Well, if we become that antiseptic, if we become the Christian, if we become salt, that we actually then affect right. the environment. Or like you said earlier, Christ affects it through us. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And so how beautiful it is that we would then be part of God's preservative nature to preserve us from corruption right to uh, preserve those that we encounter from corruption because of our our presence as christians mm-hmm. right it calls us out of ourselves to have an effect on the the, the society the the environment the places where we go mm-hmm. whether it's even in our own families but extended families our workplaces our places of leisure the grocery store wherever we are if we're the salt of the earth we're called to have an effect of preservation uh, from cor- corruption, to be an antiseptic, to be the vehicle for God's antiseptic nature, if that makes sense. It's a neat call. Well, you know, it's just, I can see where it's, um, I can see where people might think, well, that's not for me. That's not, that's not my place. I, I want to live my Christian life sort of in quiet. I want to be here sitting on my couch. Uh, I'll read the Bible and it's my relationship. It's me and Jesus. But really, we're, we're called out of that. Called to go. Right. If we're, if we're the salt of the earth, it is, we are called to actually have an effect on society. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the third thing I want to talk about when it comes to this idea of what Jesus would mean when we're the salt of the earth, when he's, when he's trying to make a comparison, helping people to see that, is that salt adds flavor. It does. Right. Now, I, I'm certainly not saying that we should add more salt to what we eat, but we all know how good that is. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm not going to go against all of the Food and Drug Administration and, and these recommendations for how much salt we intake because an excess of flavor can be bad. Oh, yeah. But in all fairness, though, salt, it has a, a flavorful effect. It does. Right? It spices up. And there's some foods that are just bland. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people put salt on everything. Yep. Just a little dash of salt. It adds some kind of flavor. Even recipes, uh, it's amazing when I'm making pumpkin pie. 
ask for salt. Yeah, there's like a teaspoon of salt in there. Yeah. I know it, it has some effect on the acidity of this or that, and there's interactions right. that take place. But the reality is having salt in, in, that, in that mixture, is, it's, it's adding a flavor. It's, it's having an effect. Right. And, and so we're supposed to add flavor to life. And I think there's a lot of people that mistakenly think that Christians are these sour, dour, funless people <laughs> that like their faces are long and drawn and because they're not allowed to quote unquote have any fun. Right. I don't know if they've, they obviously haven't been to a Catholic party, <laughs> but, but the reality is there's, there's a, there should be Christian joy. There should be joy in our lives. Right. Right. So Jesus is saying, if you want to be the salt of the, you are, and I didn't say if he says you are the salt of the earth, right? He's declaring that we're the salt of the earth. So we're to live pure lives and to exhibit that purity. Right. And then we're to be preserving. We're being antiseptic to society. We're actually being part of and actually having um, a cleansing effect on society where we are to have an effect on them. And then Jesus is saying that we're supposed to add flavor flavor and spice to life. Right. We're supposed to affect the society in a way that people go like, that guy's fun. Right. Now, it's not the wrong kind of fun. We have to be careful with the kinds of fun that we have. But we're not called to sit in the corner. Right now, there are times that are sacred and solemn. We understand that. So that's why sometimes a little too much levity is not necessarily a good thing. And telling jokes in every context is not. But it doesn't mean that we're never, that we don't have a smile on our face. Right. And I think that's the biggest problem I think a lot of Christians have is they think that we're not allowed to smile and there to be joy. And we end up getting so serious. And there's lots to be serious about. Yeah. And how you deal with it. Tom, do you, I mean, how do you deal with, you get serious things going on in the family. I mean, a little levity. I mean, you guys, I know you tell you me. have some fun. You got to have some fun. Yeah. You got to make, you know, your kids grow up in an environment that goes like, I, I have, I like being here. Sure. I feel love and love, love is fun. Yeah. Right. And so just to, to experience and express joy, that's what we're called to mm-hmm. in the salt of the earth, to be the salt of the earth. So purity, uh, preservation from corruption flavorful these are these are the things that, that we're called and when jesus says you are the salt of the earth that's what he's calling us to and, and again i want to i want to reiterate he declares that we are the salt of the earth not like i hope that one day you realize that you can become this if you try he's already declared it we need to live that it's kind of a relief too if you think about it you know you don't have to be serious you can loosen up have a good time relax add some flavor exactly yeah at your own expense at your kid's expense. Whoever's yeah, I mean, you expense. Know, God has a sense of humor. He, he made the hippopotamus. Right. I mean, the, you, you know. So be the salt of it's the earth. a good note to end on, you, by the way. Exactly. You are. That's well played right there. Here comes the there. music. It's time to hey, shut up. It's the go. shut up music. Actually, it's the shut up and pray music. Let's do it. Let's ask the Blessed Mother to be with us, to watch over us, and to just intercede on our behalf. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother, Mother of God, God, pray for us sinners, sinners now, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com where you can find out more information about The Catholic Cafe, listen online, download MP3s, or subscribe to our podcast. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com.
Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holly, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time. <laughs>